Good evening, welcome to the 12th Man Podcast. Uh, a busy Easter schedule's coming come and gone. We've uh, we've got me, Steve Jackson, now in this chair. Um, we've got John Donovan with us. Um, evening, JD. Hi, boys. You okay? We're doing good. We're doing good. Um, and we've got John Cutler with us um, to make us the, the fabulous threesome. How are we doing? All the better between you two. Charmer. Right. Um, so we're all good. Good. Plenty to talk about. Um, if you've had your head under a rock, like most Mackens do, um, we've got a lot to talk about this week. Um, so if you have had your head under that rock, we'll, we're going to go through the trip to the South Coast, which me and JD will vouch for was a bloody boiling one. Um, a trip to back to Hunter the Riverside for Huddersfield. I won't spoil the results, so yeah. I'm keeping smiling. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Chris Wilder. Will he or won't he? And we'll talk, we'll preview the another another long trip to uh, South Wales at the weekend to the the trip to Swansea City on St George's Day, which I'm very much looking forward to. So before we start, we're both good. We're both all right. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Um... Back at work today after a four-day break, but uh, it was an enjoyable one. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. You? Good. good stuff. Um, so, yeah, Bournemouth. Uh, it was an early start, JD, wasn't it? Um, Friday morning. Um, but, I mean, before we start talking about the footy, it was, a, it was an enjoyable trip, wasn't it? It was a long trip, long day, but it was an enjoyable one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I I do like the long trips because well, you, you just sort of um you, you just get on with it. You turn the music up, you have a few drinks, um, and the time soon passes. I always like the long trips, yeah. Yeah, the, the time did pass. To be fair, it didn't feel like um you know we were watching the hours go past because all of a sudden we were not far from the south coast and we were we were we were trundling along and um. Yeah, we were just about there. The only obviously towel part getting down there was the traffic because we missed out on uh, the fabulous fundraiser that the pub had for their local charity that a load of Borough fans um, took part in because obviously the, the pub got in touch with yourself, didn't they, about um, the money that was raised? Yeah, yeah. Um, the bell uh, um, in Bournemouth. And um, yeah, like you say, because of uh, several accidents on the way to Bournemouth, we uh, we couldn't make it to the pub, but thankfully a lot of people had spoken to and and sort of recommended the pub to turned up and by all accounts it was chock a block uh, and the boss contacted me uh, Sunday and um, he, he just said uh, please convey our thanks to for all the Borough fans for the behaviour and also the fact that they raised over six hundred pounds for their local charity so. Well played, you know, Borough fans, you just, you'd excel yourself no matter where you go. Exactly, it doesn't matter if it's food banks, um, disaster funds, whatever it may be, we we always put our hands in our pocket when we need to and um, we help those who need it the most and um, yeah, hats off to every single one of them because um, it, it did look a cracking little pub as well because we went past on the way back, didn't we? So it did look a cracking little, uh, little boozer, so, you know, well done to the belly and they did really well raising that money so um but yeah we got there it was about about two o'clock we got there wasn't it um when we got to eventually to the vitality so obviously team was out 
Um, while well, settling watching the uh, the Forest game against Lewin. Um I'll come to you, John. Um, you see the team at two o'clock. Um, thoughts? You know, we, we you know first change we saw that stood out was Joe Lumley was out. Luke Daniels was in. It was one we pretty much all predicted. What did you make of it when you saw it? Uh, <clears throat> after after Wilder's comments after the whole game. Half for one didn't see any way uh, Lumley was going to start that game. I was I was quite happy about it. I think I, I alluded to it last week. Even when Daniels was in for a short time at the end of Warnock's tenure, he never made any particular bad bloopers. I'm not saying he's the greatest keeper in the world, but I, I just think if you've got a backup and the, the guy in charge of the shirt making mistakes as Lumley was, um, I think it was the right time to make a change. I, I, I was happy with the change, to be honest. Yeah, uh, JD, were you happy with seeing the uh, the change that was made when we saw the team? Well, well I said last week that um, I didn't think um, Lumley would lose his place because I thought uh, he'd be given a chance to redeem himself. Uh, I was wrong. Um, and Daniels came in. Didn't have a great amount to do, but he looked confident. Um, he, he was, he, he was, his handling was good. His positional play was good. A uh, couple of times he was called in to make fairly routine saves. So, like I said, not not a. Uh, it wasn't a busy afternoon for him, but but what he had to do, he done well. Yeah, I say, I thought his decision maker was really good because the times where he had to come out and and pick the ball out of the air or. Uh, make the make the the time to come out and, and face up to the bar. I thought I thought he, I thought he was good. I thought he was okay. He was solid enough. You know, like like you said, JD, there wasn't too many times where you thought he had to be called upon to make that big save. But um, I say I'll, I'll go in the game. Um, I mean, what, what I say going in the game, there wasn't a great much to talk about in the game. I mean, apart from the first half. Um, I'll come to you, John, in a minute, because obviously you've had a different view on the two penalty shells. But where we were, JD, in that stat, they were stonewall penalties, weren't they? The two hand balls? Well, um I was more I, I, I was more appealing for the um the, the, the challenge on Dyke Steel after the after the handball, um, which I got a better view of um via the TV replay. Uh, and and I, I thought the handball where the, the guy moved his arm towards the ball, out from the side of his body, I thought, yeah, looking at it now at the TV, uh, it's a clear it's a clear penalty. Uh, but then straight away, the same guy went and it looked like two-footed dyke steel. Um, and, and I was screaming, screaming about that challenge. I thought that was, uh, that was a clear penalty. Um, and I still think so. I still think it was. I mean, I'm, I'm certain if, if it had been um, the other way around, it, it would have been given to the home team. But like you said, there wasn't a great deal um, of, shall we say, clear-cut chances from either team in the first half. But 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 have done well. But have acquitted themselves really well, you know, against um, against a tough a tough Bournemouth team. Um, so. Yeah, nil nil at half time, and and I, I thought that um, we could have and should have had a penalty. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought, yeah, as I, I was like you, I thought the tackle after was a bit of a, 
a, a massive lunge from Adam Smith when he uh, made the tackle on Dykes here. I thought, mm, it's a bit naughty that. Because um, it looked like it was a panicky one. Like, he'd, he knew he'd done wrong with the... Because his, his arm was out. And, and we saw the Luton game beforehand. And that, they got a penalty for something very, very similar to that handball. Um, so, it could have been given, couldn't have been given. John, I'll come to you. What what did what did the TV say about the penalty? I mean, and what was your view on you know the incidents themselves? The TV said exactly the same as what you have just said there. Uh, the first one was handball, and then within ten seconds <clears throat> they showed it up a couple of minutes later. At first, I didn't see the the tackle. I didn't see it as a penalty. I was probably too busy whinging that it should have been handball. But then they brought that up a few minutes later, and I think it was Don Goodman maybe. The uh, quote commentator, and he said, "Both of them are both of them are penalties." The second particular handball incident, I didn't think was a penalty, but them both of them instances that happened within 10, 15 seconds, how the referees missed it because he stood right next to it, I'll never know. It's a penalty all day long. Exactly. I mean, I think that's the most frustrating thing because I remember going to Bournemouth a few years ago. Um, funny enough, in the sort of same position we are now, fighting for a, a, you know a playoff spot. And they got two very, very soft penalties uh, that were given on the day by Anthony Taylor for, for for things that were less than half the severity of what 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 you know, was was seen on, on Friday. And I thought, seeing that, we were a little bit hard done by, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it was it was unfortunate we did get them. But John, I'll stay with you. What did you make of Bournemouth? I didn't know what to make of them when I watched them on Friday. I thought I expected a bit more, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it in the past when we've been up there. Teams get a little bit nervous and they don't perform. The, the, the points total and where they are in the league doesn't, doesn't tell a lie. They're obviously a good team. I thought we nullified their threat pretty well. And especially the last 10 minutes of the first half. We were getting on top and looked a better team. I'd be fair, if there was one team going to score near the end of that first half, it was going to be us. So I think you can partly say they'll have been nervous. But I think also you've got to give us a lot of credit for the way Wilder set up and, and how we nullified their main threats. Like John said earlier on, Daniel's first half especially had nothing to do, nothing at all. No, he didn't. I was apart from a couple of, uh, couple of catches, which he, he confidently shouted for, I don't remember anything in the first half that he'd, um, he had to do. I mean, he had a couple of bit, bits in the second half where he had to make a couple of saves. But apart from that, I thought, um, I thought Matt, is it Matt Travers, their keeper? I thought he was the busier one of the two, for sure. But second half, JD, bit of chance for, for me. I know they had a couple of chances that, you know, their end. But I thought that Crook's header in the second half was a big, big chance when the corner came in. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, um, yeah, you, you, you just you're just looking at him to um, to bust the net with that, really, aren't you? Because um, because I know he's been off his game recently, and I know he picked up a yellow, uh, and obviously the three game ban that's, that that he's now um, in the middle of is uh, might have been sort of at the back of his mind. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've we've seen him. We, we we've seen him sort of um, put them on target, haven't we? And um, it was uh, it, it was a good chance. Um, 
But again, you know, I don't think either team um, second half really done um, really done enough to, to to take all three points. Um, yeah, they, they had a was it the header that hit the bar, um, but other than that, not not um, nothing really. Sort of, I would suggest uh, barring the penalty claim that you know was fairly legitimate. Nil nil was a a, a fairly uh, justified scoreline, really. Yeah. No, sorry, John. Nil nil was about right. Yeah. There, there, like I say, there wasn't much between the teams. Let's be honest, it wasn't a particularly great game to watch, but it's a point we'd have took all day long. It was a good, with it's a Middlesbrough podcast. We're talking from our behalf. It was a good point from us. I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's it's a prediction that we we pretty much all came up with. We all said, you know, we we, we thought it'd be a draw, and we take the draw, and, that, and that's exactly what we got. I one thing I want to finish on, and I'll start with you, JD, because you you. You talk his praises so much. Talk to me about Sol Bamba. The guy, the guy, the guy's an absolute. He's a freak of nature, isn't he? You know he, how how cool and calm and collective is he in the middle of that defence? Came in from Fry, had a big job on Saturday, on Friday against a, a, an informed Dominic Solanke, and kept him to very minimal chances and just bossed the game like like he was in his twenties again. Yeah, I mean, he did. He's uh, he, he's an old, experienced centre half um, who, you know, against Solanke, you would you would expect him to uh, to be second best, really. Um, but I think his experience um, and 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 his, his his knowledge of the game. Saw him dominate, uh, dominate the middle of middle of our defence and and really nullify their threat. Um, he, he he had an absolutely outstanding performance, um, and rightly so at the end of the game, uh, his his name was sung by the crowd. The rest of the players sort of urged him forward to accept the plaudits, which he was a bit reluctant to do so. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. What uh, Sky pundits thought, or who their man of the match was, but he was my man of the match. He was uh, he was immense on Friday. Yeah, I mean that's that. I mean that one thing I noticed about Wilder, obviously, you know, he, he came towards Sol Bamba because Bamba looked a little bit like embarrassed in need. He was like, no, 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 it's not about me. It's not about me. But Wilder was straight away like, no, no, you go and take you go and take the plaudits. You fully deserve what's what's coming to you. And they say, oh, fourteen hundred was. At the side of the pitch, where I've got to say, by the way, we're magnificent all game. I say um, we were we were brilliant. We were loud and proud for a whole night of it, and we we gave him the praise that he deserved. I mean, I'll come to you, John. What was Sky saying about Big Sol Bamba? We well, got man the match on Sky as well. I think uh, I think he was just he was the standout player on the whole pitch. I thought he was superb. Um, yeah, didn't put a foot wrong the whole game. <clears throat> And and rightfully so, the fans sang his name, and he got sk- man the match off Sky. There you go. And is he was he all man was he all man of the match as well? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, he was he was my man of the match. He said, "There's no, there's not even point in me asking you to you man of the match because it was just it's, it was just such an obvious choice." Um, the only bad thing I took from the game was it's something I noticed. About, I think it was middle of the second half. 
how bereft of confidence our strikers looked. They looked absolutely terrified at times to get the ball. Uh, Connolly, I think someone pinged a, uh, a very an awful stat about him. No chances created. He spent most of the time on the left. He, he was very shy of getting the ball. He only had about 18 touches in the game. He wasn't very much. And it's, but, but for me, that was all of them. Sporard did exactly the same when he came on. They say what more wasn't it wasn't much better. Is that before we go into Puddersfield, JD? Is that our problem? Is that is that what we need to nail down going any further where we may end up next season? We need to get someone that's going to be confident up front. It's part of the problem, um, but uh, you know that the strikers are only as good as the service they get, um, and you know, t- take us back, take us back, well. Two and a half weeks um, after after Ports, uh, sorry, after Peterborough, um, we were as a group of fans, we were sort of jumping for joy, weren't we? You know, everything looked rosy. Um, we had uh, we had you know um, Fulham uh, to look forward to, and then um, a home game against uh, another home game against Hull. Um, you know, so so after Peterborough, what when I was I were, you know, we, we bagged four goals and and everything looked okay, but uh, but since then it, it's it's all it's all gone Pete Tong, but it the striker situation is is a big problem, but like I say, the service to those strikers um, is uh, it's not good enough because you know. None of our strikers have really scored uh, that amount of uh, that that many goals individually, um, and I know we haven't had a settled strike force. The same two every week. He does seem to uh, chop and change it quite often, but probably that's because that none of them have deserved fully to keep themselves uh, in the starting lineup because they're the, the, the regularly getting goals. I thought. I thought at one stage Balligan and Connolly were our favoured um, top two, but we've we, we've moved away from that now. So, um, yeah, you know we had uh, we had a, a spell where we were creating loads of chances. Isaiah Jones particularly, um, uh, you know, but now that creativity and our lack of ideas when when routine teams come here and, and just don't give us much space, it seems to have uh, deserted us and um, and we struggle and we we're not creating enough. Do you think part of the reason as well is obviously you mentioned there about the settled partnership we had between Balogun and Connolly. All of a sudden that was taken away against Fulham, and we haven't scored since Peterborough now. Obviously, you know, we're talking we Fulham, we're not in Hull, Bournemouth. I won't give away Huddersfield. But and Balogun's only started one of them games. He started against Hull and got an hour. As all of a sudden, the changes up front started becoming a bit too much. You know, should he stuck with what was tried and tested and, and, and stay with it as long as possible? Well, there's an argument of that, but 
But you you just look at you just look at the stats for the strikers, and uh, none of them are none of them are outstanding. You know, um, there's there's not really one who 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 can feel unjust that they've been um, replaced next game. I thought I thought Balogun was going through a decent spell of form. Um, when he, he scored for uh, England under 23s, he, he, he scored uh, a couple for us, and I thought we were going to see the best of him. But for some reason, it's it's just petered out. Um, yeah, and we're not getting goals from anywhere else. We used to get goals um, from from like midfield or even McNair, you know. But we're just not we we're just not getting goals anywhere at the moment, you know. For four games without without a goal and and very few chances in all those games, barring Hull, sorry, bar, sorry, barring Fulham, we had plenty of chances against Fulham, but um, but all of our strikers, Coburn, Spora, what more, missed them. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's difficult. Um, but it's something that we have to get right because. Uh, Although we're we're all disappointed with them um, with results recently, it's it's still we've still got a slim chance of the playoffs and and we have to rectify that goal scoring issue um, fairly swiftly if if that if that slim chance isn't isn't rubbed out altogether. Exactly, it's got it's come to that point now. You know, there's we we are we are you know the point of no return now. You know, it's. Four, you know, after after Monday's game, we're four games left, and you know if we can't start pissing about with it now and try to find a formula that's going to work to get us through them last few games, it's it's not going to work anymore. One mistake now is going to cost you a season. That's how I see it now. And John, what do you make of you know the, the lack of goals at the moment? You know, even even your man Tav. Seems to have gone off the boil a little bit, you know. Everything just seems to have dried up for the whole squad. Well, I think the, the most telling telling thing we could say about it is we've got four games left of the season, and not one of us could pick. I, I bet if we picked our two forwards now, probably all three of us would have a different partnership. We haven't got a standout candidate who should be starting every week, and I think for me now, which got to the point where Swansea on Saturday. I would quite possibly shot Coburn in. I know he's the youngest one of the lot, but the other lot have all had plenty of chances to do it. And when Coburn's had his chance, he seems to have took it more than the rest. So so, so that's the telling bit for me that Saturday I'd start, a, what was he, 18, 19-year-old lad? So yeah. tells you all you need to know about the other four for me. I'll keep, I'll keep that question for the end. I'll keep it for our Swansea preview, your two strikers. You've, you've given me one. So keep the other one a secret, um, and then we'll we'll tell you how to because um, yeah, I think you're right. It could be a bit of a a different partnership. But um, I'll come I'll come to the other field game now, um, unfortunately. Um, so early kickoff, early you know early to rise out of the game. Um, I saw this as an opportunity to get points on the board before the rest got got in there. And you know there were some big games again on on Monday. You know, it's, you know Sheffield United had the, the late kick off against Bristol City. Not a, not an easy place to go. Luton went to Cardiff. Not an easy place to go. 
there was there was games down there. A Coventry um, had Bristol. That's uh, not Bristol. Coventry had Bournemouth. Not an easy game. Ah, the result would have been you know detrimental to to our chances of whichever way. You know, this was a chance for us to really get stuck in and have a go. And um, I'll start with you, John. Obviously, you you were, you were there um, Saturday. Um, as you as, as Saturday, I keep saying Saturday. It wasn't. It was Monday. Um, he made a few changes again, freshened it up, made it a bit. You know, um, obviously, you know, Matt Crooks came out. The man Riley McGree finally came in. Were you happy with that team? You know, what, what did you think? That obviously we changed a couple of things up front again. What did you make of it? Yeah, I was happy enough with the side. Um, I was a pre-game. I was excited about the game. It was a big game. We knew we knew what we needed to do. Yeah, I was happy. To be honest, I was happy enough with the starting eleven when it came out. JJ, what did you make of the team? Because it felt like a bit big atmosphere as well. You know, people around the stadium knew it was a big one. This one. It it was a big game. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, yeah. Uh, we talked about last week on the podcast. We gave um, our thoughts on what a a, a good points tally return would have been from those two games, Bournemouth and Huddersfield. Uh, and I think all of us said four would be would keep us in the hunt. And we got the one at Bournemouth. So, yeah, this this was a big game. Um, uh, when I saw the team, I, I thought that that's OK. That's not bad. I was a bit um, doubtful. And I think we spoke about on the bus, Steve, about uh, Sol Bamba and two games in a few days. Yeah. How how would he how would he respond? Um, but the fact of the matter is, when I saw the team, I thought, yeah, that that's a good team. You know, let, let's 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 go at it. Let's let's get the win, and let's put pressure on the three o'clock kickoffs and the late kickoff. Um, however, we know the game went. We do. Um, you right, we did speak about that, and I have to say, I mean. The first goal, it was a bamboo mistake because he came he came out of the, the line itself. Um, obviously trapped the guy behind him. I don't know who's not across back goal back to Nabi Sar, but he broke back a bit, didn't he? What was his it name? was Jordan Jordan Rhodes. Was it Rhodes? Wow. Yeah. There you go. So you know he's obviously looking at Rhodes. He broke ranks a bit because if he's stuck in that line, Rhodes offside, and we just worry yeah, about that's... that and. It just felt for me, I mean, yeah, the goal's disappointing. We, you know, there's a couple of things we could have done that would have stopped it. I say that offside the trap being one, but it was the timing for me. Five minutes before half time, I think I'd said about a minute before, keep it, keep it solid and tight for these next five minutes. Get into the dressing room, nil nil, and we'll see what the second half can bring. I just felt that goal. Flatten the stadium and it watched the atmosphere go straight out the roof because the whole crowd just dipped. It was just the wrong time to concede a goal, and it and it, it, it shows because even the players felt a little bit flat, thinking, "Oh shit, wrong time to concede that." It was just a poor goal concede, wasn't it? Well, it, yeah, it was. It was similar in a way to um, to to the Fulham goal. You know, it was. Insofar as it was in a similar area in the pitch, it was a needless free kick, um, and we paid the price. And, and yes, 
Samba did uh, break the line early. Um, but, you know, he he went he he went back to try and sort of cover Rhodes' uh, knockback. But you've got a question: Where were the other defenders when uh, Saar was just given a free header? It was it was very very disappointing. Um, and like I say, for, come from an either's free kick, uh, Bamba went to make the interception, mistimed it or whatever, and and, and handballed it. And you know, and like you say, the timing as well, wasn't good. Uh, and it, it just gave them the impetus then because they hadn't showed anything really before then. Um, it, it, it seemed that they would have been more than happy to, to come away from the Riverside um, in their so, sort of current position in the top three with a point um, because they, they closed us down. They, they stifled us so much and we just had so much of the ball, but, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. We couldn't find anything to, to unlock them. Um, we, were, we were lacking ideas um, of how to break them down. But the forwards weren't making the run that um, uh, McGree or, or Tav or, or Dykesdale could feed through to them. It, it, we just lacked any spark when it comes to creativity. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll, come, I'll come to you, John. It just felt like you have them moments in the season where a couple of players will have an off, to, off game and there'll be you know, a couple of performances like, oh, crap, you didn't need that, that. I felt Monday, everybody just had their off day at the exact same time. And it just came to, it just came at the precise wrong time, at the wrong time of the season as well. I just felt like we, we, we put in the shittest performance when we didn't need it. Yeah, I was expecting... I mean, like we've we've already said, it was a big game. I was expecting us to come out all guns blazing. And I mean, the first 30, 35, there was nothing in the game, really. They, Like John said, they were happy to come come for a point, which fair play to them. That's not a criticism of them. A point would have been a good result for them. But uh, I think they did to us what we've been doing to certain other teams, you know, nullify them, catch them on the break. The, the first goal really was just a comedy of errors. Uh, the handball was was needless. Uh, Wilder said that we had two two in the uh, in the wall, uh, three in the wall when it should have only been two. So there was a lack of communication. Ten yards behind the other defenders, you know, there was a, a bloke next to me, Billy, bless him, must be nearly in his seventies, and he was before the ball even came in, he's screaming back post, back post, we've got men over. So you know. Just a comedy of errors, really, and and to be honest, once they scored, I didn't really see us getting back in the game. I just thought it was going to be one of them days, and sadly, that's how it proved to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about the comedy of errors. I mean, that takes us quite nicely onto the second goal because there was a breakdown of communication between McGree and Housen. I don't know what McGree was thinking, trying to chest that down to Housen. Um, I just thought not the right time to be doing it. And then all of a sudden, Paul McNair's two on one with um with the guy that plays in the man that I thought might come back and aren't us and he did, Jordan Rhodes, with a, a finish that shows that he's been there, done it and worn the t shirt because it was it was expertly put away. It it was. Um yeah uh, uh 
I, I feared when I saw it was him bearing down on goal. Um, Daniel's done as best he could to sort of uh, limit limit his options, but he just he just found it uh, found it to the the right the right hand side of Daniel's and and, and put it in. Uh, but I mean, before then, Daniel's had, had come out smartly a couple of times to clear the ball um, off the forwards' toes. He'd made one good save. Um, you know, it, it, it was uh, it was a killer blow that goal, wasn't it? Really, at one nil, you still think there's a chance we may get something out of this game, even though we're playing poorly. But that second goal, um, if the if the crowd was was flat at one nil, it was just silent at two nil. As, as as best as we and also the lads in the south and tried to get something going, it just wasn't happening. Um, it was um, it, it, it just very disappointing, and uh, it, it to 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 lose our last two home games in the manner that we have. It it's just a hammer blow, really. You, you, you don't you don't expect it. I didn't expect it from from um, you know from the. I didn't expect Hull after we played so well against. Um, Fulham, and I didn't expect the performance against Huddersfield after we'd battled so hard and and, and done reasonably well at uh, Bournemouth. But you know, that's football, as Grant would say. Yeah. It is. I say, it just felt like a niggly day as well because there was there was a couple of uh, there was a couple of situations where players were starting to nibble at each other. Like I mean, there was a instance on the left hand side when. Um, Tav and Bowler were, were going at each other when we, we, we changed things round and <clears throat> excuse me, we took off um we took Bamber off for us, I think was it a Colburn, I think we took him off for. Um and obviously it moved Bowler in and then Tav to left wing back. And it just felt like the, that communication wasn't put on the pitch properly because there was an instance where they got in, down their right channel. And both of them two were arguing with each other. It just felt that's the sort of day it's been, and that's the sort of day it's it's come to. And it just felt flat, and like you said, unbelievably disappointing. And there was no way back as soon as Rhodes hit the net. No matter, we could have played, we could have played till now, and we wouldn't have scored. There was just there was just no way. We had no creativity, no nothing about us. It was just it's come at the wrong time. This blip. The wrong time. Four goals now without a four games. Sorry, without a goal. It's you know it's it's come at the wrong time, and um, yeah, I'll I'll start with you, JD. If 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 you've got one, who's your man of the match? Oh, um... <laughs> do you know what? I hadn't even given it a thought, but uh, I didn't think Daniels uh, had. Did anything wrong, you know? I don't think it was a fault for either goal, uh, and he, he did make a couple of uh, smart saves and 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 a couple of out of box uh, interventions. So without sort of like um, delving too deep into things, I'll give it. To, I'll give it to Love Daniels. Yeah, John. Me, he's the only man you can give it to. I totally agree with John Daniels for me as well. Yeah, I'll make it a hat trick. I. I... I mean, I just started start thinking then while you were talking 
you know, is there anybody on out, outfield that could have took it? But you know, we, we didn't we didn't produce much, we didn't create much. It was just yeah. One of the games you want to forget, and I say like I say, it just came at the really wrong time um, for our season. Unfortunately, you know, four games to go now, and it's we're still in there. That's that's the most frustrating part because you know, just when you think, ah, oh, well. You know, I can forget about this year soon. Football thinks, no, 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 you don't, no, you don't. And they clean you back in, and we're still there. Four wins, and all of a sudden, we, you know, we pretty much got it. But you know, that's thinking too far ahead. Before I talk about Swansea, obviously, a big, a big talking point has developed from a little, little minute thing to. A big, massive talking point between, I'd say, 99% of all Borough fans now. Um, it's something we saw on the way down to Bournemouth, JD. Um, you know, Burnley sacked Dyche. First of all, unlucky, where go Ed. Um, I won't forget 97. Uh, <laughs> um, and now will he. <laughs> so, um, obviously, that was a big shock at first. And then the little rumours started, you know, they might have a look at Wilder and we thought, no, no. But he hasn't helped himself. I know what, I think we all agree, we all know what he's saying when he's asked and he doesn't want to talk about it or he wants to talk about his job or he wants to talk about his transfer plans for the summer or what he's having for his team. He doesn't want to talk about another job because he's in a job. But a lot of Borough fans want him to say, I'm not interested. And the more he said it, the more it's been jumped on now, that actually there might be a little bit of an interest there. I mean, I'll come to you, JD. What have you made in the last 24 hours? It's gone from something minuscule to it's blown up as big as, big as ICI. It's, it's huge now. And there's a lot of fans worried at the moment. Yeah, um, I mean... It was straight after the game um, on um, on Monday. I, I'd, I I went back down to the concourse to get a pint, and as soon as I got down there, you know, somebody said, oh, "Have you heard the rumours?" And you know, it just went it just went from there. Um, now, I, I'm it it, it could have easily been nipped in the bud dead easy by Wilder saying yeah you know I've heard I've heard the talk but I, I'm at Butter I'm staying at Butter I've got a job to do we've got plans blah 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 um, and that would have killed it dead but uh, but but he didn't uh, he, he, he sort of skated around the issue and said you know uh, yeah I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about it, I'm not answering it but now, whether or not that's him trying to say you you shouldn't ask me about it because you should know I've told you um, when I first came here a few months ago, November time, um, that I had uh, plans. Uh, we've got plans in the summer, blah, 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 blah. So whether or not that, that was his taking it, saying you don't need to answer me that question because you should know already. But it would have been nice for him just to turn around and say, no, I, I'm a butter because... You know, I've signed the contract. I've got plans. We've got a good structure, uh, and we're going to go forward. 
So I can see why many Borough fans, because he didn't give that unequivocal sort of, sort of kill the rumours in its tracks, that people were starting to get, well, why hasn't he said that? Why hasn't he said no? Um, so it just builds up momentum. And then obviously you get people on social media. Well, what I've heard is this. And I know somebody at the club who said this. Um, I mean, I even got told at full time that um, Richie Smallwood was told by so-and-so that and somebody in the dressing, dressing room had said, oh, he's told us he's on his way. It turns out to be total bollocks, but that's just what people are like. You know, it, it, it just builds up and it, it feeds the um, it, it feeds the sort of the maddening crowd, if you know what I mean, that, that, that something's off. And yes, it, it, it could have been stopped dead in its tracks, but the fact that it hasn't um, has uh, unsettled a lot of Borough fans and quite a few have said, that's it, you know, it's tarnished for me and I won't trust him. Um, they've already made the mind up. He's guilty of sin. And hopefully he does stay. But you can bet your bottom dollar that next season, should we go through a sticky patch, all oh, this will resurface. Well, he, he's not committed. He was he was going to go to Burnley, blah, blah, blah. Some From some fans, it'll, it'll happen. Um, but it, it seems to me that... Um, at the moment, the club haven't said anything. He hasn't said anything. Um, it, it, it seems to me that uh, it's unlikely to happen. But I would just love, I would, I would just love sort of confirmation so all the Butter fans can can put this to bed uh, and and not read all the in the know rumours that that we, we, we're getting. And this guy said, that guy said. I, I just want it to, to end because we need to concentrate on the last four games. We don't want this uh, sideline in our season. No, you're absolutely right. And um, I, I, where, where obviously is the, the opinion, you know, like you were saying there, you know, we, we know he's got a job to do. Because as he, as he said, he started talking about his summer plans and he knows what players he knows he can work with now. And, you know what he's he's got to do to you know to make the squads better and things like that. There's a lot of Borough fans. You know we were saying this, John, before you know before we came on. They were so desperate to hear no that all of a sudden their mum's friends, brothers, paperman who delivered the Gazette over to Rockcliffe has heard that he's he's packed his bags and he's gone. You know it's gone from a little rumor to. Simon Jordan talking absolute shite on TalkSport, um, which has been rubbished um, because a lot of people said, no, he hasn't, because then the Gazette came out and said, well, no approach has even been made. He hasn't been there. So that picture of him being sat in the crowd, apparently at Burnley's press box, which turns out to be fucking Northampton, you know, all of a sudden, one little bit of information, it's just blew out of proportion. It's getting stupid now, isn't it? Honestly, uh, he, he had his interview afterwards. He said he was concentrating on the next four games. Then he went on to say that the performances in the last few weeks uh, 
makes him know what he's going to need in a genuine or what to do for next season. What more does he need to do? He doesn't have to. Well, if he was coming out talking about speculation every five minutes, they wouldn't be talking about the the players and the games that we've got and the games that were coming up because he'd be too busy talking about um, talking about speculation. For me, until something happens, then then fans can say rightly so called people snakes or whatever, but how many times in the past have we seen managers come out and deny things are going on? Two minutes later, they've gone to that club. Let's just, let's just all take a deep breath here. If something happens, it happens. If it doesn't, people, people are on there criticising, he should have done this or he should have done that. Let's just wait and see what happens. For, for me, everything was in that interview after the game. It was all about the future. And then you've got Sky Sports commentators asking him questions. You don't need to ask me. For me, I took from that, you don't need to ask me is, I'm in a job. I've talked about how committed I am. It's sort of an insult that, that they're going to ask him and, it, and he might be gone. Let, let's just take it as read that he's not going anywhere. And if he comes out and rubbishes a report and says, I don't want to go to Burnley, then they, they offer Steve or our club a massive compensation fee. He's already he's already alienated himself from Burnley fans. Why would he do it? He, you wouldn't do it. He's jeopardising a possible future job when when it might be out of his hands that our chairman accepts a bid from them or compensation package. You wouldn't do it. It makes no sense. But for me, I, I don't see any way he leaves this club to go to Burnley. That's not a slight on Burnley. They've done really well. I don't see it happening. I really don't. But if it does but- happen. We move on. We move on as a club. Yeah, the th- the thing is, I mean, um, it it seems it seems unlikely, uh, especially in Burnley's Burnley's predicament at the moment because they look like joining us um, in the championship. Hopefully, we might be out of the championship if we if we if we get a miracle. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can understand some fans' um, frustration that they just want it nipped in the bud so we can <clears throat> fully concentrate on the last four games of the season. But we've also got to remember that um, there's no scruples in football because we've sacked Warnock and within hours, within hours we knew who our next manager was. So there's, there was obviously work had and conversations had taken place long before then. So, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't. Um, And I can understand fans wanting him to sort of just say, no, I'm staying. I'm not going, I'm staying. Uh, But like you said, John, if, if, if it does happen, then what can we do about it? Nobody's bigger than the club. We we just we, we we've got we we've got a structure in place now with uh, with Caden Scott, and hopefully a new manager will be able to slot into because that's what it's all about. That that structure that we've got now is sort of to should we need to get a new manager in who can who, who can work with these players. Um, I don't want to see it happen. Um, and I don't think it will, but I just wish we could we could all not talk about this 
and 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 get on with trying to get our season back on track with a win at Swansea. But it's not going to go away unless the club, Wilder, Burnley, or whoever, just come out and say it's 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 bollocks. It's it's just speculation. It's not true. Just on a on a little bit of a lighter note there. Um, if he eventually does go, Steve's already mentioned our song for the next manager: Lego Heads, Red and White Army. <laughs> <laughs> oh Dad, please don't sing that. <laughs> you, might re- you might regret saying that, Steve. I know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? But, <coughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fancy Sean Dyche. I, I no, really no, wouldn't no, fancy me, Sean Dyche. Me neither. It was a bit tongue in cheek. I definitely don't fancy Sean Dyche. Not my cup of tea at all, in every sense of the word. Um, but and yeah. It's it's just coming at the wrong time. All this distractions and talk. Um, yeah, I, you know, I I do see where people are coming from. You know, you just want him to say, not interested, not interested, got a job to do. But like you said, John, you hear that interview with Keith Downey, and you start to ask him, do you fancy the job? Do you, you know, do you fancy a goal Burnley King Burnley up with six games to go? Do you fancy? And he's just he's just nipped that straight in the bud there and then and gone. Don't even ask me. Don't ask me. Because he's paying respect to his employer, he's paying respect to the fans, and he's paying respect to Burnley as well. Because Burnley will go, why is he dragging our name into it? When they may not even be interested. So, you know. But but the the, the thing is, Steve, it would would allay a lot of um, Borough fans' fears if somebody um, within the club whether that be Wilder himself or somebody at the club would say, you know, um, it's uh, it, it, it's it's a non-story. It, it's uh, it would just calm everybody down because at the moment it's it's a bit frenzied at times on social media, isn't it? Yeah. Well, put it this way: I think our next press conference is on Thursday. When I say us, I mean Borough, not 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 us. We we don't we don't get the press round. <laughs> uh, so, and Burnley have a game Thursday night against Southampton. So, if Wilder sat there in his Borough tracksuit and he talked about Swansea Saturday, I don't think you can give a bigger hint than I'm staying put. So, let's see what happens. Yeah. But, but, I, but, like I, but like I said yesterday, I mean, some fans will, will remember this. I mean, McLaren was always haunted, wasn't he, about... Um, the Leeds and Newcastle jobs that he was supposed to have been interested in, um, whether he was or not, you know, it, 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 it again, that's 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 rumor and speculation. He turned out to be our most successful manager, um, so so we'll see. Some some fans won't forgive Wilder for this, but uh, I just I just hope he's here next season. I think from now, Steve Gibson will know what's going on here. Um, I th- it wouldn't surprise me if, if him and Chris Wilder have a conversation from now until that next press conference and Steve says to him, look, if they ask you about it, obviously then, by then, hopefully Chris will have said to Steve, look, my commitment's with the club. Steve might just say to him, look, just on, on your next press conference, just say, we've had a little discussion, we've discussed the future, you're happy, you're staying in the club, you're not. You're not interested in any other, uh, other job outside of here. 
maybe that'll happen on Thursday. Let's hope it does, and all this blows over. Yeah, I can see. I can see a conversation being happening between Steve, Chris, and obviously Paul, our press guy. You know, but Paul, Paul's in charge of what he says. Um, he's in charge of what all the players and that say, just to make sure you know nothing gets blown out of context. He'll, he'll, he'll say, you know, just stick to this. You know, clubs behind you. So, and that's how it'll be. So, you know, so let's let's have a chat about Swansea. Let's move on from rumours because <clears throat> we've got. Yet another long trip, second long trip in eight days. Um, St George's Day in Wales. Um, a lot of red and white. There's oh, there a lot of red and white heading towards um Swansea. Um, looking forward to it, JD. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, got a good group of friends down there, uh, Swansea fans, and um, they're, they're always up on T side when they play here, and we go to see them uh, in their local when we go down there. So, so yeah, it's always a trip to look forward to. Um, but it has a more significant, uh, more significant meaning. Um, you know, it's it's a game we've got to win. Uh, now Swansea are on a decent run. Uh, they, they they they'll have been disappointed with yesterday's uh, yesterday's results four one up and the drew four four. Um. You know, so it's going to be tough. We're obviously um, we're obviously struggling at the moment, low on confidence, um, not not scoring. So we have to have a total um, a, a total change in our fortunes if we if we're going to win that game. But uh, listen, I'll go there, I'm full of optimism. Um, looking forward to meeting my mates down there, travelling with great people. And um, hope hopefully um, it's a good day when we come back with a borough win. You're right, travelling great people. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a good trip. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be um, obviously another long day, but it, it all this is is taking me back to a decade ago. Do you remember the last few games of last season under Mowbray, where obviously culminated in us going to Watford last day of the season. And we need we need to win our last four games to get in, which included Southampton at home. Um, you know they were obviously fighting for promotion, and we spot their promotion pie. This feels like when we went to the derby that season. You know, Derby was starting to you know press themselves back up there again, and Swansea are doing the same. You know, new managers in. Um, I know they were they were messing about with a couple of managers at that time, bringing a new style in. I'm a big fan of Russell Martin as well. I think he'll do a great job at Swansea, um, given the right time and the right team. I just that's that's what it reminds me of. And you know, I won't spoil. I want to. I won't spoil what the score was that day because that's the score I'm going to pick for Saturday. But um, that's how I feel it is. You know, we're getting to that time now where it could be someone comes in and makes a name of themselves a bit like Curtis Main did that day. You know, maybe it's a Josh Coburn. I don't know. Let us hope so. Let's hope so because uh, it would be would be really sort of disappointing to um, to just let the season peter out. Um, so yeah, I hope we can get the win. Uh, and obviously, we've got to rely on on other results. Um, but you know what? 
every week's different in the championship. You know, we've said this before on the podcast. For some teams, it's the best week ever, where all the results go their way. You get the win, and you cock a hoop. Uh, next week, it's a total turnaround. So, why can't why can't that be us next week? Why can't we win at Swansea and everything goes our way and and things are looking better? So that's all I, I hope for. Got my fingers crossed for that. Yeah, same here. John, come to you. Um, changes wise, obviously, you know, we've there's been a couple of you know, mis, you know, matching things up up front. How would you approach this game? You know, I know we have to basically go for it. There's no sh- there's no hiding place anymore. We have to win this game. You know, do you, do you, you basically drill that into the players and say, you know, absolutely put everything out there and, and you know, you know, go for every every opportunity you got. I don't, I don't think particularly we, that we go uh, hundred percent gung ho. Um, if we pick up a point, a point on on Saturday and then get three against Cardiff, three against Stoke, and three against uh, Preston, that's ten points from the last four games. That'd be acceptable for me. I'm sure for you still as well. So. I mean, Swansea, to be fair to them, I think they're possibly the best football inside that I've seen at the Riverside this season. When they played up here, I was really impressed with them. So I, I'd quite possibly take a, take a point. I wouldn't go particularly gung-ho, but obviously we'd all take three points as well. Do you think a point's enough? If we can pick nine points up from the three games after that, then I think it quite possibly ten points will be enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it could be enough. I don't know. It's difficult to tell. I mean, twelve points might not be enough if we get twelve four wins. So we, we just we just don't know. Um, but um, yeah, we, we have we have to go there and 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 hope that we can get something out of the game. I I want us to to come back with the three, uh, and then we've got uh, the two home games. Um, you know. Hey, listen, I'm I'm clutching it. I'm clutching the straws, but uh, let let let's go for it. Let's go for it, and let's pray that um, other other results are in our favour. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll go to you then, John. Score prediction. What are you thinking on Saturday? One one. Oh wow. That's the press view of Mark. JD? 2-1, <laughs> uh, butter. Uh, and I'll tell you who my forward line would be or who I would like my top two to be. Oh, yes. And it would be Balligan and Coburn. John, who would yours be? Coburn and... It'd be Coburn and shot them in a hat and pick one out because I don't think there's anything between the rest of them. But I'd, I'd, if, I, if I was pressed, possibly I'd agree with, with John. Uh, I'd put... I'd put Balogun in as well with him. Isn't it weird? You said all three would be different because my two are Balogun and Colbert. Uh, but then we had all all there. I think they'll be the two. Little large. Yeah. I, I I can't remember. Have, the, have those two started a game together? No. No. The one that don't. Oh well. Let's, let's 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 give them a try because I mean um you know. But, but Balogun's, he's got a bit of height, but, but he's also very, very, he's a very skillful footballer. He can knock the ball into his feet. Yeah. So 
you know, it's not always about the big man, little man. It could be two big men with one very, very uh, skillful um, with the ball on the deck. So it might work. Who knows? Exactly. You know, teams have, teams have used it and worked it before. Bert Hoff and Rooney up front for United used to, be, used to work. They were two large ones, probably large in the wrong way from each other. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, it can work. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're my two as well. I think Balogun and Colburn. I think 1-0. And I think it'll be Balogun feeding Colburn to ping it top corner and send us, uh, send us T-sizes flying into that old end. Hopefully, without any regret this time, unlike when Rudy Gusted put that head away. And I had to put my tail between my legs and walk back into the away. Um, a bit like a knob. So... You know, I, I think we'll beat them. I really do think we'll beat them. Um, and it'll push us on to um, to next week where we'll reconvene and we'll talk about Cardiff and we'll talk about Stoke. Um, but that's it for this week. All done. Um, yeah, thank you both we, so much for joining in. Um, pleasure as always. Oh, pleasure's all mine. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for subscribing, liking, um, contributing. Um, you know, it's been a there's been a couple of feisty topics on this one. But, um sending your thoughts. See you know, let us know what you think. We'll go through them again next week. And hopefully we'll come back next week with three points, Chris Wilder and a chance at the playoffs still. And oh, I'll leave it there. Arriva yeah. Dirty up the borough be seeing you. Up the butter, and don't forget to leave any comments uh, for us, please. And we'll, we'll we'll take all your criticisms and plaudits on board. Exactly. But if you're too harsh, second words off. Up the <laughs> butter. Thank you very much. Up the butter. Up the butter.